I'm Newston's Neil Zarang, and we spoke to U.S. Congressman Clay Higgins for Louisiana's Southwest District about his 2022 outlook for the House of Representatives and the Senate. You're listening to 10 Talks Acadiana. In Talks Acadiana, the podcast powered by KLFY.com. Thank you for joining us. We're joined by Congressman Clay Higgins, and it's the start of a new year. I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about what the House of Representatives will be going into this year. Uh, what what sort of acts and bills stand out to you? Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. The beginning of a, of, of a new year is, is always a, a time when we feel energized about about you know standing shoulder to shoulder with uh, with our colleagues that uh, that have that have similar principles and goals in mind for the country in DC and a, as a state and a community uh, it's a it's it's a very significant moment for us because we're we're about to have COVID in the rearview mirror and it's been such a struggle man for a couple of years. And Louisiana has had additional uh, burdens of a, a brutal storm season in 2020 and, and then Ida last year. So uh, South Louisiana has been through a lot. America has, has, has struggled to navigate through the era of COVID. So to me, 2022 represents a, a year of, of uh, either opportunity uh, or failure you know we we can either stand shoulder to shoulder and hand in hand as an american citizenry and 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 function as families and communities and and a, as a federal government for the betterment of our country so you know i've made it a point to begin the year I've, this entire week i've had meeting after meeting with uh with with mayors and and elected officials across um, across five of the of the ten parishes that I serve, uh, just so that we could we could get on the same page with with the priorities of that community or that municipality, uh, and and focus on projects that are that are of significant importance for that that city and that community, so we can work together and make it happen. And that's what 2022 represents for us. It, just how strong are we? You know, how deep is our bench as a nation? Can we, can we put this, this disaster of, of, of COVID, uh, which I would argue the, the greatest injury we suffered was, was not from the, from the virus itself, but rather from government response to the virus. But whatever, we'll, as history unfolds, that will be measured and discussed and, and evaluated. The point is, that now is a year of, of opportunity to move beyond that. And that's, that's the approach that I have. So yes, what's significant regarding legislation, what's, what's most significant is that the legislation we push through DC is reflective of an America first uh, vision of a, a resurgence of, of, of American economic stability and growth 
and getting past a couple of years of bitter division and uh, suffering that we've been through as a nation. Whenever you're talking to uh, the five parishes, were there anything that came up in more than one of them? Uh, things that a lot of people have in common? That sure, there's, there's common threads of uh, uh, flood mitigation, water quality, um, an, an infrastructure project here, infrastructure project there. And so the common threads are, are always reflective of uh, the need for economic recovery or, or enhanced economic prosperity, job growth, uh, schools, education, and um, those, they're very unique. In every city we have is, is like a, a jewel. You know, it's got its own cut and its own magnificence, and, and we, we have to recognize it as a culturally significant and the history of that, that community, that municipality, that city is, is similar to, to neighbors from the, from the parish where they live or the parish next door, uh, but it's also unique. So, so I'm encouraging my municipal leaders to really embrace that, uh, that, that special uh, character of their of their city and 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 let my office be a partner uh, to to what they envision and what their people envision as uh, as uh, goals that we can accomplish in 2022 and 2023 because this year obviously in Congress will be this appropriations year is for the 2023 fiscal year so it's it's crucial that I'm on the exact same page, not just for, as a district and a state, but community by community, what's most important, uh, and, and that my office stands shoulder to shoulder with those elected officials and those citizens. We can make those things happen, and, and we will. That's exactly what we intend to do. I know that there are a lot of uh, bills that have come through the House and to the Senate that affect uh, a lot of different communities sort of blanket approaches uh, whether it's election reform or the filibuster uh, fight that's going on right now anything you want to say about those battles that are happening in Washington that really do affect the lives of us even if it you know you don't see Louisiana all over the law well listen you're a you're an amazing young American, and there, there are millions like you across the country. And young man, you deserve to have the opportunity to raise your family in a free nation. And our, our freedoms and, and our rights as American citizens are not to be taken for granted. We are a representative republic uh, of 50 sovereign states. Uh, we, we cannot allow our federal government to grow ever more powerful and burdensome and intrusive uh, in controlling of our lives as individual American citizens. And the, uh, the sovereignty of our states must be secured and maintained because the, the beauty of America reflects the anointed uh, writ of our Constitution. 
as 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 presented to the world as a very unique nation by our founding fathers. And if we lose that, if, if we were to allow the federalization of our uh, election systems, for instance, if, if we, that would be devastating to the future of America. We, you, you have to have state-driven um, repairs to where you have injuries and in, in election integrity it, that there has to be response at the state level you do not want to inherit a country with federalized elections it, it, trust your uncle clay you don't want that it, our, our southern border man we've had since since the beginning of 2020 um since the since COVID, you had quite a disparity between performance at the border. You have the same men, same border, same 1,954 miles. But from 2019 and 20, we had this thing under control. 2021, we had over 2 million illegal crossings. You know, we've now got accurate estimates, I believe, 35 million illegal residents here in America, that's that's a, a, a tenth of our nation. One in ten is illegal. That's that's insane. The amount of draw upon the productivity and the the, the treasure of our nation is is too much. That you cannot continue to be a successful and and prosperous nation if you don't have sovereign borders. So the disintegration of our of our southern border has been very injurious to our country. We've got to restore that. If, if you see I'm connecting the dots between the, what's, what's not happening at our southern border, the enforcement of our existing laws, and how that would connect to the, to the uh, introduction of, of laws that don't exist, but that would injure our nation, like the federalization of our election systems, and that, which would disintegrate uh, the the sovereignty of our states and you know Republicans we don't want to make it more difficult to vote we want to make it more difficult to cheat does that sound like common sense I hope that your your viewers and your listeners would agree you know we want we want everyone that that can vote legally to vote and it, we want to secure that and it, you know the presentation of a photo ID a legitimate photo ID it should not be, uh, you know, a controversial subject when it comes to the integrity of our elections. We have to restore that so that you have, so you have confidence in our election system so that people that are engaged and, and, and have the right to vote and the responsibility to vote come to the polls and participate in the uh, preservation of our representative republic. So things that happen in D.C., on broad scales, do indeed impact the entire nation, sometimes not in a good way. I'm a constitutionalist. I'm dedicated to that core principle. Uh, it's pretty simple, it, and, uh, and yet there's only about 50 or 60 of us in all of Congress that are determined, dedicated, uh, principled constitutionalists in there. And we are the point of the spear right now fighting for your future. Because, you know, I'm 60 years old, man. You know, my generation, 
Now, I inherited a, 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 a economically stable country with very little debt and, and uh, sovereign rights and individual freedoms and rights. And we grew in my generation uh, in, in many ways in a very solid direction towards the inclusion of all of our citizens and, and the elimination of the oppression of, uh, of our, our, our black brothers and sisters. Uh, that did, some things happened that were very beautiful in my generation, but my generation also witnessed uh, the, the, the gradual acceptance of this unserviceable debt, this crippling debt that we're passing off onto your generation, $31 trillion of debt. I was born in 1961. It was 1980 before America had $1 trillion in debt. And, and here you sit, young man, you're inheriting $31 trillion in debt. That's, we should be ashamed my generation should be ashamed that we have allowed that debt to accumulate. And some of us, constitutionalists in D.C., like me, we're going to do everything in our power to bring uh, fiscal responsibility back to D.C. to balance our budget so that we can gradually uh, work our way out of this debt to, so that your children and your grandchildren can have an economically sound and fiscally responsible nation. I think we only got time for one more question. Okay. I'm sorry, but uh, I know you wanted to touch on the build back uh, better. And I think that really you know, slides right into what you were talking about is, are the bills that are going through the legislature right now too fat? Like as far as like, do they need to be leaned back? Cause because you've got, you've got to invest in America, but it, looking at that uh, table of contents and all the different departments that are stuffed in that bill, uh, there's a lot of different things packed into one thing. I imagine there are some good things that you support in there, but there's some other things you wish weren't in it. It was a $4 trillion bill, man. It's insane. The, the stuff that, that was in that bill and the gateway to that bill was the infrastructure bill. So the infrastructure bill was called the infrastructure bill. It was sold as the infrastructure bill. And there's a lot of money for infrastructure in it. But the, the amount of money, uh, although there's, a, there's some hard infrastructure in it, but only 9%. The 91% of the infrastructure bill was not infrastructure. Not the way... And a, a regular American would identify infrastructure, concrete, roads, bridges, et cetera, steel and concrete. So the Build Back Better Act was a, a furtherance of that formula. Sure, you, can find, you spend $4 trillion, you can find some real cool stuff in there that you would say, well, that's a good idea. But, did, you know, I, I, would, I would argue that Every American family and every American business and every American municipality has to operate within its, its, uh, its, its fiscal you know, parameters of what is reality. And yet at the federal level, we can, they're talking about a trillion dollars like it's nothing. Now, I'm going to leave you with this so we'll close out on time. A, a trillion is a thousand billion. A billion is a thousand million.
Talking about one bill for four trillion dollars is one hundred percent deficit spending. We don't have that money. We have so much debt right now that if Congress were to balance the budget and have a one billion dollar surplus, it would require thirty-one thousand years of a one billion dollar surplus to address a $31 trillion debt. Now, I'm pretty sure you're a healthy young man, but I'm also quite confident that your lifespan will not stretch 31,000 years. And we can only pray America's... We don't have that long to fix this thing. We've got to stop this insane spending out of D.C. Some of us are, man, and, and we get... We get beaten bloody, man, in D.C. by standing against some of these bills because of their expense and the injury it brings to our nation. Ultimately, you know, in the, in, the, in the long run, we just have to have fiscal responsibility. Then you can argue about the contents of the bill, and that's a legitimate debate. And that's where reasonable compromise should indeed be the goal in, in D.C. But you have to begin with a fiscally responsible bill. And then you debate the, the, the actual narrative of the bill, the language of the bill, the contents of the bill, and, and, you know, what's good, what's bad, and you find a reasonable compromise and you pass the bill. But you, you have to begin with a fiscally responsible vehicle, a fiscally responsible piece of legislation. So, um, ultimately, I'd say I have a lot of confidence in America's future because America is an anointed nation. And I, I believe in the American people. We're bonded by spirit. That which connects us and makes us one is always going to be stronger and greater than anything that threatens to divide us. We go through bad times and we have passionate arguments and debates, uh, but America will always stand in, in the end strong and together. I think 2022 represents that kind of a opportunity and spirit. And uh, I'm determined to be a positive part of that conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today, Congressman Higgins. And thank you for watching KLFY News 10. 10 Talks at Kadiana. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A Star Media production.